With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the rundown, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Wednesday edition here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app, my name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have to pull double duty today. So, hopefully you enjoy the sound of my voice because I will be here with you from 3 to 6 o'clock. Yes, no clumps. Well, clumps in sports talk today, but it's not going to be. With the bald man on the radio, Lawton Swan. No, no. I will be taking over for Lawton today. He is uh, out today. Uh, he's dealing with some stuff. So I will be, not anything bad. Don't, don't put that out there. But Lawton's got basically the day off. And I will be uh, taking over the program for him today. So there, we have that. Uh, of course, you can always chime in today at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832, as I will try to give you some afternoon sports entertainment as you ride home today. I'm not going to promise, because if I don't come through and you see me on the streets and you can yell at me later on, hey, Rob, what, what what's going on here, man? I wasn't entertained on Wednesday afternoon. Get your stuff together. Yeah, I don't want to give you that. But what I can give you is uh, my best... The best show that I possibly can in uh, the time that is allotted to me. You know, I've been goofing for like a couple of months now about, you know, iHeartRadio here should give me another hour. Why Lawton Swan gets two hours and I don't? I don't know. I mean, if it comes down to we got to lift some weights or something, I'll smoke him. He may beat me in a foot race. If we're shooting free throws, I'll kill him. Won't even be close. He knows that. If we're going to get rebounds, he doesn't stand a chance. I use that as a basketball reference because the Clemson basketball team last night went out and laid the proverbial egg. And what I mean by that is is that it's kind of the same thing that we've uh, been dealing with here for a while. The Clemson basketball team goes and wins three games and they look like they're silly. They're just beating people in the face. Okay. And you're thinking, actually, I was talking with Teddy Hefner, of course, uh, who does mornings here from 9 to noon, which, by the way, you got to listen to Teddy in the mornings. If you're sitting in your cubicle, you're one of those cube crazy folks, you got to listen to Teddy Hefner because he's got all kind of stuff. And, of course, he's been doing this for a long time and knows what he's talking about, knows more than I know. It's kind of funny because now I get to come in and talk to Teddy about and get some of the knowledge that he has out there. But... Teddy and I were talking about it the other day. It's like, you know, Clemson is, uh, if they can win out, 
they're going to be a bubble team. If they would have went 18 and 12, they would have been a bubble team. And let, let's make sure we put this out there too. And I'm not trying to knock on Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech did what they were supposed to do. You go into every game thinking, hey, I'm going to try to win. Yeah, that's what you try to do. Georgia Tech, though, they come out, kind of laid the wood to the Tigers. Amir Sims had a good first half. 16 uh, 16 in the first half, finished with 23 points. Uh, I think one of the big things was Alex Hemingway didn't really have a chance to get off like he normally does. They pretty much were determined that Alex Hemingway wasn't going to chip away with 9, 10 points or whatever. But just kind of a frustrating performance as Clemson loses 68-59. to I've got some comments here from Coach Brad Brownell. After that loss to Georgia Tech. We, we just got outplayed. They, they played better um, on both ends. Um, offensively, I thought they did a lot of good things that they're comfortable doing. Their guards are very good players and once again showed that um, they make big shots. Um, you know, defensively, they did a nice job of guarding us. They started in some zone. We, we were pretty good against the zone, and then they went man, and we had a hard time. We just at different points in the game, we had a little bit of a rhythm, and other times we didn't. Um, credit to them. Uh, you know, we did not shoot the ball well from three, uh, which is a problem for our team. Probably took a couple too many. Um, and then we've had we've had uh, we've had too many turnovers about the last three or four games, three out of four games, and it finally bit us today. Um, you know, we had them against BC, but we shot a great percentage, so we were able to overcome it. Tonight, we didn't play well enough to overcome that. And uh, again, a lot of credit to their coaches and players. I thought they were very well prepared, and, and they just outplayed us today. Did you expect them to play as much man as they did? Um, yeah, I mean, we they've... They've mixed it up. I, maybe I would have thought they would have played a little bit of zone, but it, you know it was working, so they didn't need to. And and uh, they're good in both. That's why they're a good defensive team. They have, you know, they defend you in the man very well. They've got great size with Banks, um, Moses Wright again, great size. So you know they're effective in both defenses. Yeah. Well, we do most of the time. We're just we had a couple guys not play well, and we're not. You know, we're really just not good enough um, to overcome that. You know, this is we've had games like this where, uh, you know, Amir scored. Al was Al was pretty good. Hunter Tyson gave us a lift off the bench, but um, Tevin, you know, Clyde and John struggled, uh, just not consistent. And that's too many guys. Um, that's just too many. Alex couldn't really get free, and when he did, he didn't make the shots tonight. First game all year for us where he hasn't made a shot. And uh, so, again, I think credit to that, to Georgia Tech, and uh, Clemson has to be better. No, not really. No. I, I mean, I, I thought we competed at a decent level tonight. I don't think we competed at a great level, uh, especially offensively. I think, you know, the turnovers, we had some soft play in the lane. Um, we didn't do anything drastically different defensively. I thought we tried to be physical and and uh, not give them anything easy. And it's, you know, one of the reasons why they're good is they've got a bunch of guys that can score um, at a lot of different positions. They've got, you know, different ways to attack. Um, you know, their guards are good, but, you know, uh, Moses Wright and, and Banks are both 
good, big, strong, physical guys that that can produce. Um, so there's 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 a lot of people to cover when you play them. There was a stretch you came back and tied it uh, twice. Yeah, twice, and then we we had chances, and then got away from us. We gave it right back. They went back up five, I think, both situations. There were timeouts, and I remember talking to my team about it. We we couldn't get, you know, we we couldn't get a, the big basket to t- kind of take the lead and grab a hold of the game. And uh, again, credit Georgia Tech for that. Um, you know, they 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 played well at opportune times when they needed to. When we made a run or two. They they uh, they were able to extend it. And then they obviously Devoe hit a couple big shots there at the end uh, to kind of give them the big lead. Clemson coach Brad Brownell, who I have to admit's probably forgotten more about basketball than I will ever learn, but I will give you what little bit of basketball knowledge I've got right now. He did say something that was interesting in there. The reason that they're good, ladies and gentlemen, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are fourteen and fourteen. They are not a good basketball team. I, I mean, they may be able to do some things that that are. work out pretty well for them but in reality let's not kid ourselves they are not a great basketball team this is not a a measuring stick team for Clemson okay Clemson had games this season where they came out and they beat people senseless what I mean by that are games like they look like they could play with anybody on the floor the Louisville game comes to mind the Boston College game comes to mind and they look like they could really and truthfully play and do some great, great stuff on the basketball court. But then they come back and they have this happen. They went two for 20 from three-point land. Two for 20. That is, if there was ever an up-and-down type season, I mean, that's kind of how their season went. They shot, what, 70% or close to it in that win at Boston College. And then they come back and they go two for 20 from three-point land. A crazy. At one point, they had, they finished with what, 16 turnovers? And which led to 19 Georgia Tech points. You can't turn the ball over in conference play and expect to win. I mean, it's as simple as that. It really, really is. And I, I know there's a lot of, there's a section of the Clemson fan base that's upset with, with uh, Coach Brownell, but it comes back down to the same thing with me. And I think Coach Denny Green said it with the Arizona Cardinals. They are who we thought they are, basically. I mean, did you really expect anything different from this Clemson team? Now, with that, would you be shocked if they came out on Saturday and beat Florida State? I wouldn't. You know why? Because none of us expect them to win that game anyway. This Clemson team could lose every game they've got left on the schedule, or they could win all of them. They could go into the ACC tournament as a team that that is the epitome of a dark horse because if they can get the ball and shoot the ball well, they have lots of things that make them tough to play. But they also have the dud factor. Games like this are a dud factor. Games like Yale are a a dud factor. And I don't know, I honestly don't know how you can uh, possibly try to fix that. I don't know what can fix the Clemson team. The adage that you hear from a lot of Clemson fans is, oh, well, Brad Brownell's done this, he's been there 10 years. I, I get that. But when you have the little taste, which is what Clemson had, 
of this team can really play. And you see that in games against Duke, Louisville. They, they have beaten the top, what, three of the top four teams in the conference. So they have the capability to play some good basketball. But then they have the capability to fall flat on their face. And it comes back to consistency. I was arguing with some LSU fans on Twitter and Facebook this week who, by the way, LSU fans are the, are the they want every, and, and they have the right to do this. They want everybody to know that they're the absolute best in college football, and they were last season. You can't argue that. But they want you to think that not only were they great last season, that they're like the most consistent program across the country right now. So I say that because it comes back to consistency. LSU was great for a set time, which was last season. But the reality is, is that they're a team that couldn't get over the hump of beating Alabama. Clemson has the same kind of problem in hoops. What I mean by that is, is that they have spurts where they look really good this season. That three-game winning streak was pretty impressive where they're just beating people senseless. But then you have a Yale, a Colorado. They didn't play well in the South Carolina game. They didn't play well, obviously, last night against Georgia Tech. And they lost to Wake Forest. So when you have all of that, it is the epitome of a roller coaster season. But I'm not, even, I'm not sure what they can do to get any better. I really don't. We'll take your calls on the Clemson hoop season at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call if you want to join us on the rundown this afternoon. I don't know how to fix it. Maybe my buddy Chris here who's watching on Facebook Live can tell us how to fix it. I have no clue. It's one of those things where I look back and and I try to think, all right, if Clemson did this or if Clemson did that, you can make an argument that they could have gotten the ball inside last night a little bit more to Amir Sims. Okay. You can make an argument that maybe they shouldn't have shot as many threes as they did. Okay. I don't know, but I honestly don't know what to do with this Clemson basketball program right now because they are the epitome of hot and cold. You just don't know what you're going to get. 803-978-1832-803-978-1832 is the number to call. And then where do where do they go from here? Do you, do you think that they that coach Brownell kind of has their attention still? And that's going to be the big thing when they play Florida State on Saturday night. Or Saturday afternoon, whichever I can't I gotta check the time on that. We'll have that game for you right here on Fox Sports Radio. But the reality is, is that are they gonna be able to bounce back? I don't know. Maybe. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Maybe not. But if they do bounce back, do you want them to make the NIT? As a fan, are you, are you jacked for an NIT run? Not really. Does anybody get jacked for an NIT run anymore? I don't think so. The sad thing is that kind of, I think Clemson has to stretch right now to get into NIT position. I think they got to win out. I think it's at that point. 
14 and 13, you got to have a winning record. I mean, I think they need, they got what, three games left? Let's say they lose to Florida State. That puts, I mean, if they win the last two games, Georgia Tech, and I can't remember who the last one is, Virginia Tech. If they win those games, what do you got? Do you go to the NIT? Are you jacked for that? I don't know. (laughs) I honestly don't know. It's just kind of a mess with that Clemson basketball program right now. We'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Positive Mike says he can fix it online. He goes, he, he's berating me. He wants to yell at me. That's okay, Positive Mike. I'll take the beat down from you. What do you mean you don't know how to fix it? You go to spend the money and hire a worthy, proven coach. I know a guy for around four, for around $4 million a year. You're funny. Positive Mike is funny. I think Clemson's put the money into the program. Their facilities look great. I don't know. I honestly don't have a a way to uh, fix that Clemson program, and I don't know if I don't know if it's Brad Brownell or not. And the thing is, is that for me, if you told me we had to change the coaching staff, I would go with Shaka Smart from Texas. Why? Because it comes back to he has a a set system. And his system is, we don't need the absolute best players to run it. You need tall, long, athletic guys that'll run up and down the floor. Let that system run for a couple of years, and you're, and you're going to win some games. I, I truly believe that. And you'll get higher caliber players that'll look at it and be like, all right, Clemson won all these games. This might work. So there's that with with Clemson. By the way, last night, if you look around the ACC, like uh, I had on, and I'm going to play a segment of that interview this afternoon when I do Clemson Sports Talk with um, as I'm sitting in for Lawton Swan. There was a setup where um, last night where there were a ton of I say a ton, a good bit of upsets. I know the big upset was the upset with. Um, Duke falling at Wake Forest. You know, we we talked in that interview about how I wasn't really that impressed with Duke. And I know people are going to be like, yeah, Rob, but you're kind of on the record of being a Duke hater. Not really. It's not like that. I'm not a complete Duke hater. But I just think this team has some things that are kind of missing from the years past. And uh, Andrew Jones did that interview with me, and we'll, we'll have some of that for you coming up as they lose 113 to 101 to um, Wake Forest, which they're not a good basketball team either. It's like there's a lot of like mediocre teams in the ACC. They may only get four teams in. I mean, may, four, maybe five. I think th- this season anyway, remember we used to have at one point, you know, there's eight teams from the ACC that are going to go in. Yeah, not so much. I don't see that happening. North Carolina, by the way, dealt NC State something that they didn't need last night as they win over the Wolfpack, 85-79. to 79. NC State was sitting at 7-10, and 17-10. and 10. They needed that win. Yeah, not so much. North Carolina comes off the and, and rallies to get their fourth win of the season in conference. What a mess. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. This is The Rundown. My name is Rob Sanders. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the rundown. I am Rob Sanders. You know, a couple more notes on that Clemson basketball team. They sit at 8-9 and nine in conference play. So of their nine losses, they've lost to Miami, who's 6-11. and 11. They've lost to Virginia Tech, which is at 6-10. and 10. They've lost to Wake Forest, which is 5-12. and 12. Also, uh, they've lost to Notre Dame, who's sitting at 8-8. Eight and eight. Which, by the way, they may be moving into a position where they could be a team that uh, could possibly be the fifth ACC team there. Clemson also lost to an eight and eight NC State team, eight and nine NC State team in conference play. Um, mediocre is is the best word I can describe it at certain points of the season. But then again, you look at the games that Clemson's won. They beat number eleven Louisville, beat number seven Duke. Beat Syracuse. I mean, they've got some quality wins there. I'm not going to give them the North Carolina win as a quality win because North Carolina is not very good. Although, they did beat NC State last night. So, I guess we have to give them credit for that. Makes you wonder what's going on with North Carolina, though, because they have been just... I mean, when you look at North Carolina, it's like, wow, what a disaster. I don't know any other word to use it. Not really the season that they wanted. I don't know how to fix... I mean, I know that one of the ways to fix North Carolina is obviously not have the injuries they've had. They've got seven scholarship players that are consistently playing right now. But injuries... Injuries are uh, killing the North Carolina uh, basketball team this year. By the way... We do have hoops tonight here in Columbia. The South Carolina basketball team, another team that's won some games. You look at them and you're like, wow, amazing what South Carolina has done. They went to Virginia and won. Not, that doesn't happen a lot. Not a lot of teams go into Virginia and win games. But South Carolina went in there and won. But then they have games on their schedule that you're, you look at them and you're like, man, how did this happen? Gamecocks are eight and six overall in conference. They are sixteen and eleven overall. But South Carolina has lost some games that you look at them and you're like, man, they they should be a lot better off than they are. You can look at the Stetson game where they look completely checked out. You can also look at the Boston game where they're completely checked out. In my opinion, they just didn't look like they had it. Um. But with South Carolina, I don't think Tennessee's a great team. They lost to them as well. That's a conference loss, though. And they've lost two straight. And right now, those two losses may be keeping them out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert on this real quick. And uh, not that it's the biggest spoiler in the world, but I think if South Carolina loses to Georgia tonight, I think it's curtains on the season. What I mean by that is, is that I'm not sure that they make the NIT. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't think that they'll make the NIT. I think if they lose this game to Georgia tonight, I don't know if Frank Martin will be able to keep them focused. It's just in my opinion. It's nothing I've heard. It's just what I, what I see when I watch the team. But South Carolina playing tonight, 630 against Georgia. And let, let's be honest, this is a, a Georgia team that South Carolina beat the snot out of in their own gym 
They went to the Stedman Coliseum and smacked them around. Okay? So South Carolina has the capability to beat Georgia. Losing the game on the road at Mississippi State, I get. I don't think they should have lost the LSU game, in my opinion. But they've got this game with Georgia tonight. And it is the epitome of a must-win game. Can South Carolina keep the uh, future first-round pick Edwards in check? We shall see. They win that tonight. They play an Alabama team next that sits at 7-8 and eight in conference play. The same Mississippi State team and Vanderbilt, which is hot garbage. I mean, they're, they're in a complete rebuilding year. So, with those four games, if South Carolina could win out, and you just look at their resume, they're 20-11. and 11. Wow. That would be, if you just look at a 20-11 and 11 South Carolina team without what the SEC tournament has to have, uh, the events that will happen in the SEC tournament, 20-11, and 11, if you don't, if you don't put have the South Carolina sticker next to their name, the blind resume should have South Carolina in the NCAA tournament. But you drop those two games to Boston and Stetson, and people start to look at you like you're funny. It's like it's like being a hot girl, but you kind of hobble a little bit. You can't walk in heels. It's that kind of thing. That's pretty much where South Carolina is right now. Maybe they can get some uh, some walking lessons and beat these teams. Which the rest of the teams on the schedule, they should be able to beat. I think they're better than Mississippi State. I think they're. I definitely think they're better than Georgia. I think they could run the second stringers and beat Vanderbilt. These last four games, South Carolina should have, and they should be able to knock some people around if they want to go to the NCAA tournament. It's as simple as that. Clemson, on the other hand, they had the opportunity last night to knock around a team that they. I think they're better than. And they fall short. They just fall completely short. I don't even think Georgia Tech can go to the ACC tournament. They're on probation. So with that, it's, it's almost like a parting of the seas. I think Clemson's C is kind of down. And you don't really get a break because Saturday you got to play Florida State. Florida State is really good. Like Final Four good. But it comes back to the same thing I said before. Nobody will be shocked. Clemson beats Florida State by 20. Then comes back the next week and loses again to Georgia Tech. South Carolina, on the other hand, I honestly don't. That's another team I I can't get. I think the thing to fix South Carolina would be free throws. If you can knock down more free throws, you could argue. I think they definitely win the game against uh, Tennessee which would put them at, what, 17 and 10 right now? Yeah, I, I, you, could, you could look at their schedule and think, all right, this is what they need to do is just shoot better free throws. With Clemson, I don't have a clue. I guess, I guess it comes back to the old adage of recruit more, recruit better players. Yeah, that's kind of the way you have to go, I guess. But as I look at the ACC, is there a team there other than Florida State that you really think can make a deep run in the tournament? Duke, my friends, is a failure. If you don't believe me, go and watch a Duke game. They look like they are just flat at some points. Yes, I know they've got some guys that can put up some points. I get that. But there isn't a, a they, they don't have the, they're almost like a workmanlike team. And they, they do play hard. I'll give them that. But I just don't, I don't feel 
like Duke is just going to get into the tournament and run some people out. This has the bearings of like a Duke team that loses in the first round to Princeton or whatever. Insert your team here. They'll go into the tournament, you know, 26 and 4, 26 and 5, whatever. And you're like, man, I, they're, they're a two seed. I got to put them in and win a couple of bra- games on my bracket. And then they shred your bracket. That's what this Duke team has. I think they're one of the more overrated teams in college basketball. And I'm not just saying this because they lost last night. I'm saying it because I've watched a ton of Duke games. Why? Because ESPN keeps shoving them down our throats. Show me some San Diego State games, ESPN. They're they're playing some good basketball right now. How about put Dayton in prime time? Just because Mike Krzyzewski and Duke are coaching and everyone still hates Christian Leitner doesn't mean we have to watch, watch Duke play all the time. Less Duke, less North Carolina. Give me more matchups with teams that actually have a a fighting chance of winning the NCAA tournament. Let's have some more Florida State games. Coach Leonard Hamilton puts out a great team every year. Just saying. Makes sense. They went further in the tournament last year than Duke did, but ESPN was tracking what Zion Williamson had for breakfast. 803-978-1832. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some baseball. Both uh, Clemson and South Carolina played yesterday. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. We'll tell you what that is momentarily. And i got some other things we'll get into this afternoon here on The Rundown. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Last night I was tweeting about the Democratic debate and how they all look like cats fighting. That's pretty much how I felt. (laughs) You can respond to my tweets. At Rob Sounds Good. Podcast will be up at 5 o'clock today. I'm sitting in for Lawton Swan of Clemson Sports Talk, so be sure to uh, check me out there as uh, we move along this afternoon. You are listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks for listening this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. We've got some stuff we're going to get into today, including I got some, uh, some baseball info for you here. You know, yesterday... The uh, Clemson baseball team suffered their first loss of the season as they fell to an East Tennessee State team. Um, I don't. There's really no way to to sugarcoat this loss. It's just not a loss you think would happen. Tennessee State is one of the teams that's picked. East Tennessee State is picked to finish near the middle of the conference in the SoCon. But you also have that it's a weekend series. Or excuse me, it's a week, a midweek game. You, you can't go undefeated in midweek games, and I get that. Maybe there was a little bit of looking ahead for this Clemson team. I don't know. How about some comments from Coach Monty Lee as uh, he breaks down the loss, the first of the season, to East Tennessee State as uh, the Tigers fall to 7-1. and one. We'll give uh, East Tennessee State a lot of credit tonight. They were a uh, uh, very, very competitive group. Uh, had incredible dugout energy from the first pitch of the ball game all the way through. Uh, put together a lot of really good at-bats. 
you know, battled with two strikes. Uh, they walked eight times tonight, so they did a good job of staying in the strike zone and came up with some big hits. And, uh, you know, we had some opportunities. Uh, bottom line, we, we, we had some opportunities to, uh, uh, you know, to, to tie the game up. Uh, and we had a runner on second, leadoff double with Hawkins, and you know failed to advance him there. Um, and then you know Brewer in that in that inning lines out to first base. You know so we failed there. Um, we had second and third earlier in the ball game, hit a ground ball back to the pitcher. You know, had an opportunity to get another run in there. So uh, they didn't give us a lot of opportunities. They only had one walk, so they did a really good job of uh, pounding the strike zone, and, and they played good defensively. Uh, so. Uh, you know, but you know the bottom line is, is we gave them too many free, uh, free runners uh, tonight. They swung the bats well, and uh, you know we made a we made some, uh, did some good things there at the end of the game. You know, a couple, couple of hard hit balls there. Uh, Brewer, you know, true freshman, uh, leading off the uh, the ninth inning there with a with a hard single. Kier hit a ball hard to left field. We had second and third there, and Sharp, you know, drilled the ball to center field. So you know, it was good to see us. There at the end of the game, uh, put together some good at bats. But you know, as as we all know in baseball, uh, when you play good teams, when you get some opportunities to score and do some things, you got to be able to execute. And uh, you know, that's the reason why you know tonight we had 11 hits and only scored three runs. You know, we should have scored a couple more runs. And uh, but you got to give East Tennessee uh, State credit. They were they were the better team tonight. They played better than us. They pitched better than us. They hit better than us. Uh, you know, the score could have been uh, much different than five to three. So uh, they were the better team tonight. Uh, we just got to, uh, you know, continue to, to get better offensively and, and capitalize on some run scoring opportunities because we, we should have scored more than three runs tonight. Yeah, we gave him the bump for base hit and he didn't do it. And then we and then he swung through a slider to make it 0-1. So then we tried to uh, sacrifice bunt in the 0-1 count and he took a strike to get it to 0-2. So at that point, I wasn't going to have him bump with two strikes. Uh, so yeah. Well, we needed a strikeout. You know, we we had uh, you know they had they were in a sack fly situation. And uh, we needed a punch out right there. And, you know, he was the best available righty uh, for us in that spot, you know, to try to get a punch out. And he did a good job. You know, he got a, a shallow fly ball to right field. They were unable to score to run. But then, unfortunately, um, you know, we walked a runner in. And then once we got to the 2-0 count, I felt like we needed to make a change. And Jackson, uh, you know, as a strike thrower, we needed, we needed someone to come in there and, and fill up the strike zone at that point after throwing, uh, after walking a run in and getting to a 2-0 count. Uh, with the bases juiced, you know, we felt like we needed to bring in somebody uh, to throw strikes. Clemson coach Monty Lee as uh, his team drops the first game of the season. You know, some notes on this game. Clemson's hitting two forty three on the season. <laughs> that, my friends, is not very good through eight games. Kier Meredith is doing his job, though. He's hitting four forty four with a five seventy one on base percentage. Same thing for Elijah Henderson at a four oh seven average. And Davis Sharp is doing his job with a four twelve average. Meredith yesterday had four of Clemson's eleven hits. So he's the guy that, if you're an opposing coach, that's who I think you need to focus on uh, trying to stop. Because he's doing a lot of things. Four for five are running an RBI. Sharp also got on base four times, three singles, and was hit by a pitch. So the, the, the question is, is that uh, who else is going to help in that lineup? They don't have the big home run hitter. We've talked about that. 
They just don't have it. So Clemson will set up with their series with South Carolina coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But South Carolina got a win over the uh, North Florida yesterday. And uh, they kind of had to gut it out. But uh, Coach Mark Kingston, I mean, he appreciated the way that uh, his team was able to rally. Yeah, good to win a close game. I think that obviously that team uh, needed to f- get a feel for what it takes to win a close game instead of letting them slip away. So uh, hopefully it's something we can build on. Obviously it wasn't easy for us. Uh, first hour of that game for us was very ugly, and I addressed that with the team. Uh, we're a pitching and defense team, and early on the walks and the errors were just not good. So the good thing is they, they settled in, uh, and the last, I'd say, seven innings of the game, we played pretty good baseball. Mark, you mentioned that talk after, I guess, the third or fourth inning. Uh, you know, What all can you say to them in the, the heat of a game and, and hope to get those kind of immediate results? You know, there's a fine line. In that game, there's a fine line between do you try to help them relax because they're pressing or do you need to you know, give them a little kick in the butt? And truthfully, I did a little bit of both. I did a little bit of both. Uh, and I let them know after the game I, I was probably a little, a little more on edge than normal just because of this weekend and um, because of what's ahead of us. And I wanted us to play good enough tonight to create some momentum. And so, you know, those first few innings, um, I was trying to get their attention. And again, in those situations, you've got to turn left or turn right in terms of helping them relax or giving them a kick in the butt. Um, it was a little bit of both for us tonight. And I thought, I thought again, the last seven innings were, were more how we want to play baseball. This feels like Jeff's hit into a lot of bad luck early in the season. Time. Yeah, Time. I mean, how good was it to see him finally kind of get that hit? In the yeah, sixth? it was. It was. Um, again, that that was not hit as well as probably 10 of the balls he's hit so far this year that have turned into outs. Um, but this one was well-placed, and it was a big clutch hit. Ended up being the game-winning hit, so good to see him rewarded because he, he has taken a ton of really good bats. After the bullpen has struggled the way it has the last few games, how, how encouraging was it to see Bosnick come in and shut him down and pitch as well as he did? Yeah, Bosnick threw really well. And, and he's a guy coming off you know Tommy John in the past, and we're hoping that he's getting a little bit better every week. Uh, he's got a real breaking ball, and he was 88-89 with, with decent command of the fastball. Not great yet, but enough strikes. He, he only walked one guy in almost three innings. Um, so that'll help us. That'll help us. Mark, I know it's still early. you got a whole lot of games left, but T.J. Shook looked great tonight. Is that a guy you say, okay, you're my closer until somebody knocks you out? No, but he'll be a key guy back there. He'll be a key guy. I, I want to get to the point where our bullpen, every guy we, we come in there is dominant and doesn't have to be overused, and uh, we don't have to wa- worry about them walking guys. I was going to ask about TJ, but um, you also, North Florida had the time run at third base, both the seventh and the eighth inning, um, and, and you're able to get that out, Bosnick once and, and Shilk once. What does it say about them to be able to get the, the tough out at the end of the game? That's huge, John, huge. Um, again, the first quarter of the season really is, is trying to get guys in situations where they can grow from, learn from, um, and so Bosnick. Uh, he needed to he needed to come through there and and that will pay dividends down the road and then TJ shook to get those last six outs in dominant fashion I think will also pay dividends but we, we wanted to show the confidence in them that, that that we think you can do it here in these key situations and, and they came through so you just hope the lessons you learn early in the year don't cost you games today um, they did a really good job 
Coach Mark Kingston, of course, uh, from the South Carolina Gamecocks. And what he said is right there. The midweek games are the time that uh, I think will uh, help you out when it comes down to the, uh, the NCAA tournament. I mean, you need your midweek games to, I guess, groom and mature players. If you watched some of the Clemson game yesterday, they had a lot of guys make their season debut. That's how you can get your freshmen, your younger players, guys that need a little more polishing. That's what you do in the, uh, in the midweek games. By the way, up next for both Clemson and South Carolina is each other. They will play game one at Founders Park on uh, Friday night. We will have that game for you right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Then they will play game two at uh, Segra Park right here in Columbia for folks listening on the iHeartRadio app. They'll be at Segra Park for Game 2. Instead of doing it at Greenville, they'll have it right here in the heart of Columbia, the Battle at Bull Street. I wish I had the big voice I could do that well. But, yeah, so they got that game there, and then they wrap up the series at Clemson on Sunday. Uh, I imagine that um, Weatherly will get the start for Clemson on as for the Clemson side, and... Uh, Malinsky should start for South Carolina on Friday night. More of the rundown in just a moment. A look at spring practice for the South Carolina Gamecocks. My name is Rob Sanders. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to the rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Final segment of the rundown today before we uh, move along. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the South Carolina spring practice and uh, five things I think you need to watch for when it comes to spring practice this year. Okay? The first is Mike Bobo and the new offense. You know, last season, Gamecocks ranked 96th in the FBS in total offense, 104th in scoring offense. That's going to get you uh, bumped as far as being the guy with the offensive coordinator. Muschamp goes ahead and gets from Colorado State, former college teammate of his, in Mike Bobo. What will Mike Bobo bring to the team? You know, he's mentored guys like Aaron Murray, Matt Stafford, David Green, put up some good stuff for Georgia. The big thing is, is that Does South Carolina have the clientele to run the offense that Bobo wants to run? I think that's kind of the big thing. You've also got some new coaches. This is thing number two. Um, of course, McClendon coming back. Bobby Bentley transferring from tight ends to the running backs coach. Which I think he can just coach anywhere. I think he's that special, of, good of a coach in my opinion. Uh, Kyle Krantz taking over the special teams. That's kind of a big thing. I think special teams is is something that a lot of teams don't really... I think they practice it, but... Remember Frank Martin when he was at Virginia Tech, man? He used to put together some great teams, and a lot lot of it was built on the whole Beamer Ball thing of, we're going to play solid special teams. Joe Cox coming in from uh, Colorado State. Tracy Rocker coming in from Tennessee. Rod Wilson coming in for the Kansas City Chiefs. New strength and conditioning coach. So there's going to be a lot of new faces for the Gamecocks this spring. I think that that's going to be something that you're going to look at and, and, uh, 
especially when it comes to the spring game, what we are going to have to look at is the what's going to be the, the the trademark of each of those coaches. You may not see it in the spring. Maybe we'll have to catch some of this in the fall. One thing you can look at though is in the spring game is will Ryan Helinski progress? Will he move forward a little bit? It seemed like he had happy feet in the backfield a good bit last season. Will he be able to nail down the starting job? And I think he will. But I also think that I don't think that uh, the young man Doty coming from Myrtle Beach is coming to South Carolina thinking, I'm going to sit behind Ryan Helinski for three seasons. I think the young man wants to play. And I think if he can make more plays, the coaches that are sitting there are thinking, you know what? We're going to have to win some games this season. If they think they can win one more game with Doty on the offense, I think they would do it. I think any team would do it. That's with any player. But will Helinski, will he progress a little bit? We'll see how that works out. Who's going to be the backup quarterback? You know, will it, will it go to Doty? Will it go to Ulrich? Also, the Gamecocks... At the skill positions, there's a lot of question marks, especially a wide receiver. You know, they lose Rico Dowdle, Tavian Feaster as far as running backs go, and Mon Denson. But Kevin Harris, Deshaun Fenwick, and Marshawn Lloyd are going to be the three names I think everybody's going to look forward to, especially with uh, Marshawn Lloyd. Shy Smith is the Gamecocks' top returning receiver. He caught 43 passes, 489 yards, and uh, two touchdowns last fall. Behind him, though, it's a lot of question marks. Josh Van Ortray Smith, Xavier Leggett, they all want to look to take over a bigger spot. And to carry on Joyner, moving from quarterback to wide receiver. By the way, at practice today, he was still wearing a yellow jersey, even though he was a wide receiver. That's kind of interesting. Interesting stuff there uh, with Joyner. Will he be able to make the transition to wide receiver? And probably, the finally... There's a lot of stuff on the defensive line that makes a lot of sense. Or makes a, there's a lot of spots to fill is what I meant. You lose Kinlaw, you lose Wanham and Kobe Smith, and you've got to find guys to fix it and to fill in. Of course, I think that Zach Pickens is going to be a guy that uh, I think they're going to look to to take over one of those spots. Rick, Ricky Sandage. I think those two are going to be battling each other for a defensive tackle spot. So we'll see how that works out for South Carolina as they head into spring ball. Spring ball, by the way, ends up on April the 4th. What's big about April the 4th? That is the Garnet and Black game, the spring game. Up at Clemson, it's the orange and white game. Spring games are cool because you get to see, if it, unless it's cold. I don't want to go to any spring game that's cold. I'm such a wuss when it comes to the weather. I don't want to. I don't like being out. I don't want to go anywhere where I'm going to get cold or wet. When I was in the Coast Guard, man, I did like I was on a boat where every day you were getting wet, and it was cold at some point. At some points of uh, where we would be at, so yeah, I made a promise to myself that first of all, I'm going back home to the Palmetto State where it's generally warm for the majority of the time, but now. Now if I go outside and I get my, my feet get wet with I'm like, uh, it's like my day is ruined. I'm such a weirdo about that too, man. I keep extra shoes and socks in my car. If you open up my trunk, there's like three pair of shoes, a bag of socks, 
<laughs> I'm such a goofball with that. Can't have my feet get wet. It's not going to work out for me. It's like one of my big pet peeves. By the way, I'm sitting in for Lawton Swan today on Clemson Sports Talk. First segment, we're going to talk with Mike Mooneyham from the Post and Courier. We'll talk a little bit about, um, he's been in the state forever, what he thinks of uh, the level of dominance the Clemson football team has right now. We'll also talk a little wrestling. Love some wrestling. A little wrestling talk with uh, Mike Mooneyham. We'll also have the uh, Clemson baseball director of uh, operations, Brad Owens, on with us at some point during the show. So, yeah, I'm holding it down for Lawton Swan today on Clemson Sports Talk. So hopefully we'll, uh, we are um, going to uh, knock that out of the park. Positive Mike says, why are you going to Notre Dame then? Well, that's, that's different. I'll be able to have some boots. Give me some boots for the Notre Dame game. But, I, I, I mean, you'll see I'm going to dress. I'll be warm. I'll be layered up like a, like a crazy man. I'm not going to be getting cold. It's not happening. Positive Mike will probably go up there in a tube top and a pair of Speedos and just be like, hey, I'm here. Let's have a drink. I can hear him now. All right, stick around for Clemson Sports Talk this afternoon. You can download this podcast uh, probably about 6 o'clock today since I'm filling in on the show. But we would love to have you download that. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Soundsgood. As I said, Clemson Sports Talk is next with me, not Lawton Swan. I'm gonna, I've been saying forever I'm going to trademark that name, not Lawton Swan. I'm not Swanee. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it boils down to. I am not Lawton Swan. But I will be holding my own. Stop looking at me, Swan. Yeah, he's he's probably somewhere like, ha ha. I mean, he's been on this this schedule where he's just not here. <laughs> Gotta love the Swan, man. But uh, I'll be filling in for Lawton Swan this afternoon. Of course, Mike Mooneyham joins us first, and I've got several other things we'll get into on Clemson Sports Talk today. As uh, we move along here on a Wednesday afternoon on Fox Sports Radio fourteen hundred. As I said, don't forget, we've got the baseball games this weekend for both Clemson and uh, South Carolina as they play each other. So we'll have the Clemson uh, Network version here. Don Munson, I'm sure, will be on the call. First game will be at Founders Park on Friday night. Segar Park on Saturday. Clemson at, at Clemson at Doug Kingsmore on Sunday. All right, so... As I said, check us out on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. If you need anything else from me, you can reach me there. Podcast will be up shortly. Love the people that download the podcast and then tell me I screwed up on something. They like to point that stuff out as well. My name is Rob Sanders. This is the end of the rundown. Clemson Sports Talk with me is up next here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.